Jesus said, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Every good endeavor is a gift from God. Here on Faith Marketplace Radio, you'll be inspired, equipped, and encouraged in your work as you hear business leaders share how their faith impacts their work. Joining us every Saturday at noon on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. For Faith Marketplace Radio, here's Marketplace veteran and your host, Bob Lambert. Hey, good Saturday afternoon here from Chicago. We're broadcasting all over the world from WYL AM 1160 here in Chicago. Again, I'm Bob Lambert. I'm the host of Faith Marketplace and the founding partner of Samurai Business Group, where we offer entrepreneurs, individuals, small mid-market companies, and their teams advanced business development and sales skills training. Most of our clients report that they have doubled or tripled top-line revenue within 12 to 18 months. At the Samurai Business Group, we put the win back in your sales. And boy, we got a program for you today. Uh, I've got somebody in the studio that is not a native from the Illinois area. He's actually from Queens, New York. And uh, he flew all the way back here to be in the show because he does live here in Illinois, but he was back visiting family recently and reported that everybody's healthy and doing very well back there. But I'd like to introduce you to my special guest, Michael Stamatinos. He is the managing partner of Ormify. Is that what it is? Ormify. We're going to get into that a little bit and tell you about that. But first of all, Michael, welcome. Great to be here. <laughs> yeah, I love it. He's you all see the smile this guy's got. It's unbelievable. I wish I had his hair. He's got beautiful black hair. Hey, listen, why don't we share with our audience, uh, did you come out a baby bouncing Christian baby boy? Actually, you know, I grew up in a, a traditional Greek Orthodox household. So my mom and dad are immigrants. So I'm a first generation Greek. So uh just grew up going to church on Sundays. But it was something that we just did as a family. Yeah. Admittedly, I didn't really have a relationship, you know, with with Christ uh-huh. at the time. It was just kind of check the box. And then as uh, things started to evolve for me and through a lot of challenges uh, in life, you kind of get to know. Uh, what life is all about, and eventually I stumbled back and found Christ, and keep moving forward. Day Haven't by looked day. back since then, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, what I'm particularly excited about with this interview is I met Michael what about three years ago now, maybe four, maybe years a little ago? more, yeah, a little more than that. And he was involved with. We're going to talk a little bit about a, a uh, organization called Eli, and we're, we're going to put some some information on about that because I'm very excited about that and. Michael leading the way with some of the stuff that he's been doing. But, you know, you, uh, you, you in our interview questionnaire, you put something in here I thought was really, really cool. And that is a quote in here. Do you remember what the quote was? Joshua 1.9. Joshua, what's, what's that say? Why was that that's, important uh, to you? That's, that's my life verse. Okay. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. For God is with you and will never forsake you. And look, this is, this is actually my first time, you know, being on a radio show and proclaiming my faith to, uh, you know, to the public. Okay. And so when I thought about what am I going to talk about, well, that's that one verse that I go back to in times of distress, in times of when I'm feeling fearful or if I'm going through a challenging time. That's always been a quote that has stuck out to me. Okay. And I use it for strength and I lean in on it a lot. So, yeah, when things are going wrong, lean in. Be strong lean and in. courageous. <laughs> well, uh, Share with us a little bit. You got a, you got a family, right? Yeah. So what's that look like? You know, so I got uh, two young kids. I got yeah. an eight-year-old and an 18-month-old. Okay. And we, we're blessed. We're blessed to have uh, 
you know, uh, an oldest son. We had a bit of a time gap in between there uh-huh. and learned a lot about being a parent and, yeah. and what it's like <laughs> managing, you know, a workload, business, uh, trying to be a decent father and trying to be a decent husband. And then, you know, add in number two into the mix and <laughs> you're having to recalibrate all over again. Yeah, no kidding. It, yeah, it is. When you have a little bit of a time lag, it's like, oh, I got to relearn how to do this again. Yeah. But, you know, the, new, the great news is how much stuff is advanced. Uh, I just was, uh, you know, today before the show, I was talking to a friend of mine. He's a, he's a new grandfather. Uh, well, not new. The, 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 and then he's having his grandson for the weekend. And they got these blow-up bumpers now so that he can sleep in the big boy's bed. You know, <laughs> with the, you're not going to roll yeah. off the big bed. And I thought, wow, they didn't have anything like that back when my kids were growing up. That would be kind of cool, you know. Yeah. You could take them and actually put them in a regular bed, you know, because we had to cart around baby beds and all that kind of stuff. So it was kind of neat. Um, what, what prompted you to move out of New York and uh, come to Chicago? You know, um, actually my wife, you know, when I met my wife in New York, we actually, we met at a, at a lamb roast, you know, being Greek, uh, Uh, she came walking down the driveway and I started chatting with her and we cultivated a relationship and and then she ended up getting sick and had to move back to Illinois Mm -hmm. and I was traveling back and forth visiting her and, you know, every time I had gone to a different place. I always ask myself the question, you know, could I live here? Could I live here? And then when Ashley came back to Chicago and I knew that she was the one, I said, all right, I'm coming. So I asked for her father's blessings for daughter's hand in marriage. And he said yes and pretty much gave away most of my stuff, sold some of it, packed my car up, drove out. 14 and a half hours later, there I was, <laughs> June 2007. Did you have, <clears throat> did you have any... Uh uh, job lined up when you came here, or what was, you know? What uh, was I was that? I was selling medical devices at the time, mm-hmm. so I just kind of knew that I'd be able to land and gravitate somewhere, and I ended up doing that. And that was, I'm just kind of thinking back, you know, looking through the rearview mirror. There's so many God sightings yeah. in terms of how God's really taking care of me, in, right? Immeasurably more ways that I could even fathom. And that was one of them where, just kind of through good connections. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I was able to land somewhere and still stayed in health. And you found everything. There was a, there was absolutely land and stuff going on west of the Hudson, huh? That's right. You know, when you get, I call it getting out of the bubble. Getting out of the you know, bubble. It's like, yeah. hey, there's actually life outside of the bubble because everyone thinks, oh my gosh, you know, you're in New York, you're in the you're in the prime time place, but you know what? There's so much going on outside of New York. Oh yeah, there's so much creativity. There's so much imagination happening outside that um, you just got to be open to things. Yep, absolutely. You know, um, what do you want to leave folks with out of this interview today? Because you, you put a couple really pithy things you want people to know about. Uh, There's really two things, if I'm going to deduce it down. It's this, this idea of access. How do you get mm. access? And it really, it's all about building relationship equity. And there's a formula into how you do that. And I have a pretty cool story about how I actually stumbled upon relationship equity if, uh, if you yeah, have enough time. Have absolutely. To Go for it. So um, have you ever gotten, you know, a memo from the head office, you know, uh, you know, from God directly? <laughs> yeah. Well, I've only had it happen to me once. And I was sitting in a meeting and we were chatting with a client and all of a sudden I just had a stream of thoughts, very clear ideas come to me. I had, this had never happened to me before. So we're having a meeting, and all of a sudden, I'm just like, oh, my gosh. So I excused myself. I said, hey, I'm, I, I need to step out for a second. And I, luckily, I had my notebook on me, and I literally drew three overlapping circles. And the first circle that I drew, 
um, I call the trust. What does it mean to build trust with people? Well, you have to have some sort of a connection with them, and then you multiply that by authenticity, meaning you got to show up. you got to be your real self. You can't be someone who you're not. And inevitably, right. when you do that, you build trust. And then I look at circle number two that overlaps that circle is relationship. Well, how do you build a relationship with people? You take that trust and you multiply it over time. Now, it doesn't have to be long stretches of time. It could be short stretches of time because there are some people that I have come to know. And in short time spans, we've become pretty close. Mm -hmm. And then how do you build equity within that relationship? Well, you take that relationship and you multiply it by value. So what do I mean by value? The way that I personally define value is helping someone for the sake of helping them, not right. having a hidden agenda. And when you do all of those three things, you build what's known as relationship equity. And in that, in that meeting, I was pretty much blown away because who do you think is the best person of all time that built relationship <laughs> equity? You got it. I was going to say, they know where this is going. <laughs> it's Jesus. You bet. He did an incredible job. I mean, yeah. hanging out with people that pretty much had no business hanging out with him. Right. He cultivated a relationship with them over a period of three years, and he poured everything into them. Right. And then he said, and then he gave it away. And he said, hey, you know what? I'm giving this to you. I'm transferring all this to you, and you can transfer it to other people. I'm doing that in the marketplace now, it's, except most people don't know that I'm actually presenting them with the idea of what Jesus did for us. Yep. I'm just veiling it in another way, and I'm trying to do my best to live it out. Yep. And I'm so thankful for that because... You know, I'm, I'm just a steward of that, of that information, of that gift. And my job is to be a good steward of it and to give it away and to grow it. Amen. Amen. I got to tell you, because it's, it really, you know, being a Christian in business, that's one of the obligations we have, right? To run a kingdom business. And again, to your point, all those three factors are huge, but it's all in the Bible. When you look at all of that from a relation standpoint, trust, you know, and being able to build that and build, build on that, it's absolutely there because you're right. I mean, the absolute perfect example is Christ and what he did, you know, yeah. with his followers. And who are those guys that he had following him? Who were the first 12? Where were they from? They're from the marketplace. Yeah. You know? <laughs> he's picking, he's fishers of men. He's picking up fishermen. He's picking up yeah. tax collectors, you know, people yeah. that, again, were not really the most well-revered. Absolutely. Because uh, the Sadducees and the Pharisees were the ones who were, you know, uh, doing some things that were... Why he came down to straighten it out, right? So many of the laws. I was like 600 laws, you know, that were going on back then. It's just like, who can live a life by that, right? I mean, it's just like crazy. But giving it up, to your, to your point, actually giving it up. And that's, uh, I know that was a big struggle for me is that surrender. But once I did, man, I'll tell you, there was no looking back. And then also being in C12 for 10 years for a decade and understanding how work and faith come together. How do yeah. you live that out? How do you walk in integrity? How do you do all those things? And I know we're going to get in the next segment about that. I can't believe the first segment's already passed us here. It's amazing. Well, folks, listen, you got to stay tuned because Michael's brought some, a special gift today that I'm going to, you got to come back because in the next segment, we're going to tell you what that is and how you can get it. But uh, you got to listen to it. So stay tuned. We're going to be back. And again, this is Faith Marketplace where we equip individuals, entrepreneurs, and sales business owners with resources, community, to make a kingdom impact to glorify their mighty God while gaining inspiration from marketplace leaders like Michael. And he's going to, we're going to open this up a little bit more here because he's done some fantastic things with the business that he has. But also, we want to talk a little bit about where he's coming from with some of this leadership stuff that he's been doing, okay? So we're good. stay tuned. We're going to be right back here with my special guest, 
Michael Stamatinos, managing partner of Formify. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. I'm here with my special guest, Michael Stamatinos, managing partner of Ormify. And uh, we're going to get into that a little bit, but let's take it back a little bit here in Michael's career, what led up to all this stuff, and uh, how, the, how the Lord came in and rescued him a couple of times. Yeah, it wasn't something that uh, just happened right off the bat. Mm-hmm. You know, I think initially it was very, very focused on achieving things okay. and certain statuses. And then what happened was you know, I'd you know, been a part of a failed startup. And you know, when you put your heart and soul into something, that you've got visions of grandeur and it doesn't end up materializing in the way that you originally thought, a lot of your identity is really wrapped up into that business. And unfortunately for me, I fell into a pretty downward spiral. Mm -hmm. And just thinking that, you know, my value came from what my outputs were, whether it be the number of deals that I brought in or the type of house I was living in, the cars I drove, et cetera, et cetera. And what I really found was that after that failed startup, was that none of that really mattered in terms of who I am and how God designed me to be. And it was because of that, that downward spiral that I really figured out, number one, who is God and how he helped lift me up. Yeah. And it's a lonely place yep. when you're in there because you feel like you're the only one that's gone through it and there's a lot of stigmas associated with it. But I got to tell you, slowly but surely, you know, you start to kind of come out of it. And the dust starts to settle. And looking back, that time, there was the greatest amount of pain for me and the greatest amount of growth. Yeah. And the greatest amount of uncomfort. And had it not been for that, because you know, people ask me this all the time, you know, if you had to go through it all over again, would you do it? The answer would be, yeah. I go through it in a heartbeat because I know what I came out with on the other side. And what I came out with on the other side is immeasurably more than what could I have ever have imagined. Right. And having that kind of a relationship and just arming me with those lessons and those experiences to really roll it into the next thing. Yeah, and I, I tell people all the time, you know, my, my, my success is only because of my failures, <laughs> you know, and, and, being, and allowing yourself to fail and knowing. But now, pre-Christian, that, I was, I, I'm right in there with you. I mean, I was just sold out. I had founded and co-founded about three companies at that time. Uh, one of them really ended up badly, you know, uh, a split in the partnership and other things. But, you know, I look back on that now, and, and that was God's hand on it. You know, you always see God working in hindsight. You can't ever see forward as to what, you know, what the plan is. Totally. But I think what, through all of that, Michael, and probably possibly the awakening for you, is you've got to trust. You've got to surrender. You've got to give it up, you know. This isn't all about you. Yeah. Um, and, and in doing that, then I found that that just opened up a whole different ballgame. You know, would yeah. you agree? Totally agree on that. And just the, the lessons that you learn when you actually take the time to look back and dissect. And it also means that you have to take action. Mm-hmm. You don't just sit back and sulk in it. But, you, know, you, you keep moving forward. Even if it's an inch at a time, you right. keep moving forward and you know, you can sit back and you can pray as much as you want, but if you if you pray and do nothing about it, right. I mean, that doesn't really help you. 
Yep. You got to keep moving forward. Faith with no action is nothing, right? You got to be zero. able to. You got to get in there and and do that. What what was it about that 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 particular time? Because you're down in the valley. What was it about that time that lifted you up? That you really had that kind of that maybe not an aha moment, but was something that really manifested itself for you. You know, I, I honestly I just prayed. Okay. I just prayed and I said, you know, God, I'm just bring the right people into my life. Ah. Just go. bring the right people into my life. I had no idea even how to pray. I was just having conversations there you go. with God as if he's you know right there sitting next to me. And I said, Lord, you know, if if you know someone that you want to put me in touch with, can you know, just I'm open. I'm here. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, people start coming into your life. And then you start, you know, making these connections. And you're like, whoa, what's going on here? And that's actually how I came to know a number of the folks at Emerging Leaders Initiative was, was actually through that. Right. Through the connectivity of all that. So yeah. It's been fun. And you, you shared with me in studio that it was back about seven years ago that a yeah. lot of things started to manifest itself for you. Yeah. That it, it, there was an awakening that you really started to get all this stuff. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Eli. Okay. Yeah, Emerging totally. Leaders Initiative. What, uh, share with our audience what that's all about. Yeah. So Emerging Leaders Initiative is, is an organization that's committed towards helping people figure out what God's design is for their life. And they put you in touch with mentors that help walk you through a process, a discovery process. And you look at what your strengths are and just through a series of conversations in small, small groups, mm-hmm. you know, where you have another two mentees and a mentor and you're on this journey together. And it's the expectation is not that you're going to figure everything out in a 16 week right. period. The, it's more about getting orientated to going in the right direction and carrying on in that journey and continuing to do the work. You have to do the work terms of putting it in i have to say that coming from that i developed some incredible relationships that i hold very very near and dear to me today and you know a number of the folks are actually some of my best friends yeah a lot of wisdom in that group a lot of wisdom <laughs> and i know that because you know one of my dear friends was one yeah. of your mentors you He's know an amazing mentor oh my goodness michael was fabulous and uh that's how i met you yeah and so that was uh, a fabulous thing to happen there but you know uh, folks i want to encourage you to let you know that this is a group that what this emerging leaders really means is uh folks uh, you know in they're really starting in their careers a uh, little probably have a couple years into their careers mm-hmm. and uh more mature christians coming up alongside of them business executives business people or just people of faith coming up alongside them, lifting them up, and then taking them through a whole curriculum, right? I mean, Yeah, it's a whole process. Yeah, a whole, it's a whole process. process. It's evolved since. Um, mm-hmm. they've, uh, ELI has, has rebranded uh, recently. They are now known as the Third Collective. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times, mentees then go on to become mentors. mentors because yeah. you can't just hoard this stuff. Right. You've got to give it away. And that, that's the key is take it, learn from it, and then give it away. But it also gives more credibility because of your age. To people that are young, also, because then they can see you yeah. as like, wow, hey, this guy's get, he's with it, he's in my age, you know, my generation, yeah. and all that stuff, and it's really powerful. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I've had the privilege of having younger people, younger audience members coming in and, and interviewing people, and I'm so excited about some of the young people that I've interviewed and, and how they're blossoming, and growing. But we as older Christians got to lift them up. You know, we got to put that hand up out there to help them up, like what happened with you. Uh, before we run out of time, let's, to, let's talk about Ormify and how it all started. Yeah. What, what was the inspiration for that? And what is it? Let people know, you know what it is. is a, in, a, in a nutshell, I mean, we're a growth services firm. So we work with innovative companies. And the way that I sort of classify innovation is providing value for many. And you know, we, we tend to have a niche and bit of, in healthcare, although my view on healthcare is not necessarily 
it's more of a broader lens. So if you're providing products and services that are enhancing mankind and lifting society at large, that to me is healthcare. Right. So we work with them on figuring out growth strategies and then aspects of those growth strategies we have done for you type services where we have managed services where we do some of the execution with the intentions in mind of giving it back to them because like you know, I mean, it's one thing to get people fish, but teaching them how to fish is more helpful. And then we've built out some processes and some technology that really helps drive a lot of those processes. And that's really what we've done. So our, our, our main focus has been access. And I always tell this to my team is that we view ourselves as bridge builders. Mm. You know, we either we're showing someone how to build that bridge. We're doing it alongside of them. And in other cases, we're doing it for them. So what, what makes this, this business or this service unique? A lot of the times when people come to us, they normally have a particular problem around access. I mean, people want to get to the right people. They want to get to the right customers or they want to find the right strategic partners. And sometimes it's hard for them to figure out a way that they can actually do it in a scalable fashion. Mm-hmm. So we've, we've really figured out a lot of different ways. And at the end of the day, it really boils down to you just need two. Two okay. ways of being able to, to drive and generate the right type of conversations and activities. And, you know, we use data and technology to really drive those processes. Okay. So I bet you got a story, don't you, about how that works? <laughs> I do. I do. So, you know, one of our clients is they're in healthcare IT, and they're really focused on enhancing patient experience and employee experience. And the problem that they solve is, is oftentimes when you go into a hospital or a doctor and someone gets upset about their service, normally what happens is they'll go to social media and they'll really give you a bad review. Mm. Well, the wave of healthcare consumerism is coming. It's here. It's not stopping anytime soon. So with this one particular client, their solution really allows a particular patient to provide real-time feedback so that a doctor or a hospital or administrative staff can view how, what their sentiment is towards their experience and then intervene in real time in what we call service recovery. And when we started with them, they're just about a $750,000 a year company. Uh, they're now just crossing over close to $3 million ARR. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's terrific. What, yeah. a great, what a great story. And I know there's a big emphasis on this, particularly from reimbursement now from some yes, insurance absolutely. companies, that, that that is a big portion now of how the patient is reacting and the experience they're having. Because I, I recently had a situation when my wife had to be hospitalized. And I got to tell you, they were all over making sure that she was, you know, taken care of. Is she okay? Uh, the service was phenomenal. I mean, yeah. they were really, and they were, and it, it was so, we were so blessed because it was a couple young people that really, really stood out, you yeah. know, that were coming in and helping her. They were all in, you know, yeah. and they weren't feigning it. It was really authentic. They really cared. So uh, that's fabulous that you did that. What a great story, man. Taking a cut. How'd you feel about that? You had to feel good. You know, man. we, I've got a little, I've got a jar on my desk that I keep in front of me. It's a, it's a big masonry jar and we collect little wins every okay. single day when we have something good that's happened that's memorable. I write down a little note, post it, and I put it in there. At the end of the year, or if I'm having a bad week, I'll take out the post-its and we'll read them because, you know, blessings are happening all the time. It's a matter of taking, you know, action to figure out what they oh, are. Oh, what a great idea. Did you hear that, folks? Get yourself a big old mason jar or a quart jar or a gallon jar and just start throw, 
putting mm. in those the blessings every day. Blessings, yeah. Oh, my goodness. That is fabulous. I love that idea. I've heard people putting coins in there if they slip with their language <laughs> or something, but that, that is I really I need a lot awesome. of jars. <laughs> yeah, 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 I hear you with that, buddy. I hear you with that. I can't believe this segment's up already. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back with my special guest, Michael Stamatinos, and we've got that special offer for you. So, I, you know, when you come back, I'm going to give it to you. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with my special guest, Michael Stamatinos, managing partner of Ormify. And I got to tell you, I loved his story and how you started. Michael, how long have you had Ormify? Yeah, it's been, it's been about a decade. A decade now. Yeah. Wow. And you've, you've got a uh, staff. How many employees do you say? Five. Five employees. Yeah. Work with my wife, and, and you, we make it work. Wow. Well, God bless you. God bless <laughs> you, buddy. That, that's a tough one. You know, being around each other 24-7, that's kind of tough. But uh, And then turning it off. I found that to be a challenge, to be able to turn it off. But it sounds like you worked it out. Yeah, you know, I mean, one time she fired me, and it was a little, <laughs> was a little weird when I showed up for Thanksgiving dinner, but we figured it out. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> hey, uh, with those five, do they know you're a Christian? Absolutely. Those okay, yeah. and anything special you do in your business to... You know, I ask, uh, I ask them about what's going on in their personal lives, and I ask them if they mind if I pray for them. Mm. Okay. And that's one of the things that I think is important, is letting people know that you actually care about them outside right. of the work function it's like these are these are human beings and they right you know they deserve to be respected and loved and they have, they have dignity yeah yeah god bless you man that's uh well especially today after everything we've been going through you know that that is really really important yeah um how do you how do you inspire folks honestly i just i just ask myself what is it that jesus would do in this situation and most of the time it wouldn't be how i would normally want to respond Ah. So I kind of run it through that matrix. Okay. And I try to give myself a little bit of margin. You know, if something occurs that things don't go right, and a lot of times things don't go right, so you give yourself a little bit of that margin and then come back and, you know, to, 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 to really showcase people that you actually care. I think you said something profound in the story you told about that, or the circles, when you came up yeah. with the concept. Yeah. What was very profound about that, listeners, is the fact that he got up and walked out of the room in that moment to collect himself, to reflect on it, and just the magnitude of what that was, because that was God, you know, doing that. Yeah, up until that point, I had never heard from God directly. Maybe it was like a subtle impression in my mind. Never had it been a deluge of thoughts, collections that had come through me. Just, I don't know how to explain it. It's just that. There was nothing else that that could have been other than God himself. You know, one of the things that, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, if this has happened to you. It has for me now a number of times where uh, I've been with a client, you know, and um, I don't hide my Christianity. I don't beat people with the head with or anything like that, but more people know that I'm a Christian because I'll bring up the show or something that happened at church or something that I read or whatever the case might be. And I've had it where, like you, I've had clients that were in, in a deep spot. And I would stop right then and there, and I said, do you mind if we pray? Mm-hmm. And I would pray. I've never had one person turn me down. And some of these people were not, they were probably the farthest from faith, but I've never had a person turn me down. Yeah. And I, I think that's God, you know, doing that. That uh, 
used to be I'd stop, I'd, I'd pray for him, I'd go away and pray. Mm-hmm. And then uh, about four or five years ago, I said, you know, why am I doing that? Why don't I do it right now in their presence? Yeah. And it was amazing, amazing wh- how people thank you, that you care. And it's like it, you said with the employees, it's an outward expression. Have you ever had anything like that happen with clients or, or anything that happened that you said, geez, you know, I, I brought the love of Christ to, to him today? <laughs> I did. I had a client that I know for a fact was agnostic at best. Mm-hmm. And, you know, over a course of time, we built a pretty good relationship. And I had never outwardly said anything, but I just continued to just live the way that, you know, I think I was designed to live. Mm-hmm. And they just asked me one day, like, man, what, what is it with you? What, what, what is going on? Like, man, you're just, I had one client tell me that they thought I was way too positive. <laughs> I was oh, like, wow. Well, I said, I'm, I am who I am. I said, I can't really change that. I said, but thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, it just, you broach topics and with a level of sensitivity and you meet people where they're at. You bet. That's and that, that's the key. And, and to your point, it, well said, it's about the walk because they see it. They see something's different. You know, that's the three guys that brought me to Christ when I was, you know, <laughs> in a different spot. There was something different about these guys. Yeah. The way they walk, the way they talk, how they present themselves, their families, all these kind of things. I thought, what is it with these guys? And I never connect the got, dots. I never, they never, I never knew they were Christians other than their walk. And then all of a sudden I started connecting the dots because these guys didn't know each other. Yeah. And, and I call them my three kings. Yeah. And those are the guys that led me to the Lord, you know? It's it's about being rigorously honest. Yeah. And showing your imperfections. Because there's an aspect of Christianity where people feel like you have to be perfect just to show up. And my whole thing is is I'm the farthest thing from perfect. And I have a lot of flaws. And those flaws are still being worked on today. And what better way for me to notate the people about my journey than just to let them know, like, hey, I'm still a work in progress here. You bet. We all are, believe yeah. me, until we get up there in front of them and say, hear those words, yeah. right? And well done, good and faithful servant. Well, listen, I'm not going to ha- let you hang any further here, okay? So what we want you to do is get out there and text me at 312-210-0603 with the key word relationship. And Michael, is go- we're going to send you the 10 myths about getting to the decision maker. And what's the right way to do it? So why don't we share a little bit? What is it, what's some of the stuff they're going to get? Because we got to tease them. We want them to text us and get this stuff. Yeah, I mean, so a long while ago, I actually wrote a book called Getting to the Decision Maker. And there's a lot of myths that people have been led to believe around getting to the right people, getting deals across the finish line, building pipeline, getting brand out there. And a lot of these mistakes I've made myself personally. So this isn't a book that you're going to be finding on the New York Times bestseller list. This is a book that's really dedicated towards someone who really wants to take action. And essentially, we took a very small sample size of that book and deduced it down into a bite-sized piece. And that's what the 10 Myths is. That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. So, boy, if you want to get uh, get some great tips here from Michael, who's lived it, been through it, and he's boiled it down for you in, in uh, this uh, document we're going to send to you, again, get out there and text me at 312-210-0603 with the keyword relationship. And we're going to get that in your hands, the 10 myths about getting to decision makers. Okay. Now, um, I'm just wondering from the standpoint of you're in high tech, you're in innovation, you're in with these companies that are growing, and the struggles and all that, and you went through it, so you understand what that's all about. What are the kind of things that you bring to the party for some of these people that 
you know, they're so into where they're at and what they're doing that you kind of open things up. Yeah, a lot of times people have a hard time, you know, seeing the forest through the trees. So when you mm-hmm. have someone that comes up from the outside that takes a fresh look, and what does it really boil down to is how well do they know the world of the customer that they're trying to sell into? Oftentimes they will make assumptions. Have those assumptions fully been validated? Are the problems that they're solving actually priorities of the people that they're trying to sell to? Right. You know, how high do they land on the stack of priorities? If it's not within the first, you know, top five, you know, you're going to have to do some problem awareness building. Yep. So just understanding that, and that just comes through asking a series of calibrated questions. And you can kind of pretty much tell whether people are either in alignment, whether they've got the right mark, right messaging to the right target market, and are they delivering it in the right way? Right, because, again, they're selling. Sure. You know, they're out there. You know, that's called business development sales. I, yeah. You know, I've been doing this for about 40 years. Yeah. So it's about them. It's not about you. So oftentimes in business, we get into our own headset, and features, benefits, all this great stuff that we got, and really flying right past what the buyer's needs are, even asking great questions to find out what they are in the mm-hmm. first place, and then shutting up and listening and yeah. taking that in and not trying to maneuver it, manipulate it to what we want it to be. And uh, that's a huge thing. And I think through the pandemic and a lot of other things, people are starting to realize, what is your value prop? What are you really bringing to the table here? What is that person going to value that's on the other side or that listener or that audience? What are they really going to value? Yeah. You know, because there's so much noise. There's really three deals, three things that need to happen in order for a transaction or a deal to really materialize. The first thing is they have to have a problem. Mm -hmm. They have to realize that they have this problem. They have to have the awareness of it. The second thing is they... They need to actually have the resources to want to solve it because it's one thing to know that you have a problem, but if you don't have resources, nothing's going to happen. The third thing is right. you got to have relationship equity with them. And I can tell you if you go back, if you're listening here and you're trying to sell something to a client or a customer, the deals that did not occur, I can tell you one or more of those things wasn't in place. Yep. You bet. That's exactly right. And we call that alignment, you know, with what's going on in the other side of the table. And not everybody's a buyer of your stuff. You know, and to try to throw it out there and throw it against the wall and thinking that's what's happening. I love, I love what you're doing. Um, What words of wisdom would you have given to your younger self, Michael, now that you know what you know? Don't be afraid to ask for help. Mm. I think a lot of times there's uh, that shame component where you might not feel like you're far along enough or that you're good enough to ask someone that's been there. You never know. I mean, access is something that you can get regardless of where you're at. And oftentimes you just need to ask and you never know. You may just have enough, person might have enough grace to give you some time. Just be make sure that you pay forward. Yeah. And I think you learned that through Eli, didn't you? Without a doubt. Yeah. You had a lot of wisdom there and a lot of people. And, you know, as being a little bit more older, mature adult, I, I am all over that. I'm thrilled when I can help younger people because I had great coaches and mentors. I was so blessed. Uh, and I realized it, that I was really getting a lot of attention, getting help and I, I was asking for it, you know, yeah. uh, and sometimes they were volunteering it or just saying flat out, dude, you know, you got to fly right. So I had some, again, great coaches and mentors, and I, I just can't say enough about that out there. Any of you listeners that are listening now, and if you don't have people around you, and it doesn't have to be a relative or friend or anything, sometimes they're not going to tell you truth and love, you know, uh, and they'll lift, your leg, they'll lift their leg in your dreams. You know, so you got to get really objective and get out there. And particularly in the Christian community, getting good brothers and sisters alongside you, iron sharpens iron. Let, to close this one out, what, uh, what's that interesting, cool, funny thing about you? I've got a knack for, uh, you know, doing voices and impersonations. Yeah? You have one real quick? 
Yeah. Who? Sir David Attenborough. You okay, go for it. I love it. Uh, there were birds in the air, and they were flying. They were lovely. Beautiful. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Hey, we got a talent here in studio, folks. I think he's got a career there, you know, doing voice imitations. I love it. I can't believe this segment's up already. Folks, get out there, please. Text me at 312-210-0603 with the word relationship, and we're going to send you the 10 myths about getting to the decision maker. You're not going to want to miss out on that. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back here, and we're going to roundtable a mystery subject. So you got to come back and find out what we're going to roundtable. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. We're back. Hey, hey, I'm back here with my special guest, Michael Stamatitos, the managing partner of Ormify. And we're going to talk today about a really a terrific subject that uh, we've come up here, and that is distractions. Boy, have we seen some around us. So, Michael, kick us off here as to how we're going to talk about distractions. Yeah, I think we just live in a world where there's more and more noise and reasons for you to get placed off course. Mm -hmm. And as trying to be focused, you know, you have to think about what are you not going to do? And we have these weapons of mass distraction, which are known as smartphones, that can take you away in many, many ways. Yeah. How, you know, when we talk about distraction, we could talk a little bit, you know, in the studio here about distractions, and particularly when it comes to clients, and particularly the kind of clients that you're innovative, they're creative, they're really trying to get something yeah. off the ground. How, how do you help them with that? You know, it really comes down to prioritization. Right. And when someone says, we want to do X, Y, and Z, well, you got to ask them, what, what about that is going to help us get to where we're trying to go? Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, when the client says that this is the outcome that they want, you really bring it back to that and say, is this getting you closer to the outcome? Right. Or is it taking you off course? If it's not a clear yes that it's taking them closer to the outcome, then it's a no. Yeah. And it's just about having the wisdom and the discernment and the discipline to actually say no. And believe me, I'm a people pleaser, so it's really hard for me to say no. I think it's the best word in the English language, and I have that with my clients all the time when I'm coaching them. You've got to learn a very important word, and that's called no. Because, again, people are tugging at you, pulling, especially in leadership, they're pulling at you all the time and so on and so forth. You've got to set up boundaries, you know, and you've got to be able to say no to things because you, you're going to fill up your plate. And I, I found that for me. I'm filling my plate all day long and then finally trying to get to the real work, and I'm up to midnight, 2 o'clock in the morning getting the real work done. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, that's not a way to live. That's not sustainable. And you said something important. I'm going to give you folks an acronym today because Michael touched on it, FOCUS, Okay. So focus, if you want to take and write that down vertically on a piece of paper, F stands for follow, O stands for one, C stands for course, U stands for until, S stands for successful. Follow one course until successful. I was a gift that was given to me about four years ago. It's a sticky note that I've got everywhere that I have to stay focused and follow one course because you can get distracted, get off the track. What are some of the other distractions other than the uh, – the, I love what your comment was about this part. Would you say it was a nuclear <laughs> – Oh, weapons of mass distraction. Yeah, mass distraction. I love that, weapon of mass distraction. You know, just being, being present when you're in certain moments. So, for example, here, you know, the phone's buzzing. You could easily just kind of go in your pocket and take a look at all right, what message came in, 
you know, someone hits you up on Slack or WhatsApp or, you know, but the reality is, is that I'm here. I'm, I'm here with you. Right. And how you are with someone just shows the level of respect that you have for them. And if I'm just sitting here looking at my phone while we're having a conversation, well, what is that telling you? Right. It tells you that I don't really care about you. Yeah. And I coach on that a lot, particularly for, you know, folks that I deal with, you know, business development manager, sales managers, and also salespeople, you know, particularly on Zoom. And I found that I've had to do a lot of coaching on that because uh, people pay attention if you're paying attention. If you're distracted and you're not doing now, one thing about I've also said, look, you're going to be taking notes. Let them know that's what you're doing when you have your head down, that you're actually taking notes so that you can play back some of the things, the key things they've said to you, make sure you got it right. Uh, I've had that happen where uh, people are doing it on the phone. You know, when I'd be actually in live meetings with them, I'm thinking, what the heck is going on? Uh, And then I had a revelation, well, they're taking notes on their phone, you know. But I had a couple people finally tell me that because I I stopped right then. I said, you know, am I boring you? You know, and they all said, well, no, 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 I'm I'm just taking notes. I said, oh, I was wondering if you're checking your email, what's going on? Hmm. So if you're going to do that kind of thing, just let people know. But you're right. Being present is incredible. And um, it's also respectful, you know, to be able to do that. Uh, Showing up on time, ahead of time. You know, Lombardi once said, if you're 10 minutes ahead, you're late. You know, and I love that phrase of his because he's right. You know, that's a a form of respect. Uh, And and definitely being present, you know, is is really important. It's one thing when you're in person, that's a little bit more because, you know, as I tell people, uh, you wouldn't say something in person to somebody that you're saying on on Facebook or something else. You would never do that. You wouldn't say it to your grandmother in person. So why are you doing it, you know? in the, that vehicle. But the other thing about that is uh, hugely res- disrespectful not doing those things. So, And I'm sure you've seen that. How do, how do you address that if somebody's doing that? What, 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 what well, I mean, do? if it's in a group environment and someone's just kind of out of line, you know, you take them to the side and say, hey, it seems like you were kind of distracted. Mm-hmm. What was going on? Right. Uh, yeah. Or if it's a one-to-one Zoom meeting and someone's doing like five other things. Right. I've been known to just stop in mid-sentence. Yep. And then people are like, well, what's going on? And I say, I just look like you had a lot going on. So you probably weren't paying attention, so I stopped. Yeah, you're a lot gentler than I am. (laughs) You know, uh, sometimes, you know, there's an old story about two farmers, and they had two mules from the same fold. Have you ever heard this? And they're out there plowing away, and Smith's, uh, Smithsfield looks great, plowing straight. And Jones is just all over the place. He can't get this mule to do nothing. So Jones goes to Smith one day and says, hey, can you come over and take a look? Something's wrong with my mule. He's not doing like you, your mule does. He says, yeah, sure, I'll come over there. And he's, So Smith comes over and walks around Jones's mule, goes by the side of the, of the, um, the barn, picks up a big old two-by-four, and whacks this mule right between the eyes. And he's wobbling. And Jones look, and Smith's looking at him, what the heck are you trying to do? You're trying to hurt my mule. And he says, no, first you've got to get his attention. <laughs> you know, and I think sometimes that's really what you have to do. To your point, just stopping and yeah. seeing what's you know, see how what happens then. Silence is golden sometimes. <laughs> so, what other things, other distractions are you seeing out there, uh, other than the weapon of mass <laughs> distraction? Yeah, I, I think in general, when it comes to distractions, people just want to be heard. Bingo. And they do things sometimes subconsciously to be heard, mm-hmm. whether they know it or not. Um, you know, I think a lot of times with social media, it's just a ton of noise. Yep. And it's a lot of folks that are really trying to grab attention for themselves. 
Maybe they're just maybe they're not feeling good about themselves. Maybe that's a self esteem issue. But they're trying to broadcast things that really aren't you know what's what's reality. Michael, how do you address that with younger people? Because that is pervasive. I mean, we've got a generation that you know has grown up with these things, and re- real relationships seem to be yeah. a tough spot for them. What guidance would you give out there to listeners? And Look, electronics aren't going away. Technology is not right. going away. So it's just something that you're going to have to be able to manage appropriately. And that starts, you know, as a parent, for me, you know, my oldest, I mean, he likes looking at TV, phone, video games, and it's there. And my job as a parent also is it's really teach him two things, love God and love people. Right. And how do you love people? You love people by being with them spending time with them, being in a relationship with them, and just having boundaries around when you have devices and when you don't have devices. When you don't have devices, it's about being around people and getting to know them. Yep. And I cannot say that to him without actually living it and doing it. Yep. So if we're sitting down having dinner and I'm looking at my emails, I mean, what's that telling them? Yep. I've seen more, too. I know that uh, my youngest son's 25. And in his group, when they go out and get together... You know, in particular, his meal or something. They have fines on that. If anybody picks up their phone during that meal or that dinner, they f- you have to throw ten bucks in the kitty. Yeah, yeah. So I think that was a wonderful discipline. I, I was thrilled to hear that they're doing that because, yeah. you know, then you can engage real, you know, authentically with people instead of yeah. this, all these distractions and and doing that because you got to be present. To your point, man. I bet this segment's gone hilarious. I want to thank my special guest today, Michael Stamatinos, the managing partner of Ormify out there. Get out there and check him out. It's at what, Ormify.com? That's actually MichaelStammo.com. Oh, Michael MichaelStammo.com. Okay. And they can check you out. Is there, how well the way can they get a hold of you? I, I'm constantly on LinkedIn, so if okay. you want to look me up on LinkedIn, I'm happy to connect with people and just kind of engage there. Absolutely. And uh, make sure you get out there and uh, text that number. I've given it to you several times. There's no excuse. Get out there. And, again, that special word is relationship. We're going to be back here next Saturday at noon to 1 o'clock here on AM 1160. So come back. Thanks for joining us for Faith Marketplace Radio, here to inspire, equip, and encourage Chicagoland's Christian business community. Faith Marketplace is on every Saturday at noon, right here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Listen to past shows anytime online at faithmarketplace.com.